Ah, baseball. It's American as apple pie. It's our national pastime. The first professional games were played in the wake of a young nation's darkest days, the Civil War. Throughout history, baseball has not only entertained, but has also offered a sense of comfort during difficult times. We play it as kids, we watch and listen to it as adults, and we pass down our love of the game through generations. Today, two all-time greats are stepping up to the plate to take a swing at some of the best baseball movies around. Angels in the Outfield versus Rookie of the Year. Let's play ball! Welcome to Fantasmic, everyone, the happiest podcast on earth. My name is Mitchell Dupree, and I'm joined today by Brandon Sharp. Say hi, Brandon. How you guys doing? And this is the podcast where we have magically inspired debates about Disney's movies and TV shows. Here's how the show works, in case it's your first time listening. Two big grown-ups, like me and Brandon, are going to have to embrace their inner child. We're going to make a case for a particular movie that we're arguing for. In this case, the two movies being debated are Angels in the Outfield and Rookie of the Year. And what we're going to do is we're going to each make our case. We'll discuss. We'll bring our best arguments to the table. And you are going to decide who the bigger Disney nerd is based on our arguments, based on our passion, our zest for life and for these movies. And Brandon, you ready to get started? I am. We need to make one clarification. Disney bought Fox, therefore Rookie of the Year is now a Disney movie, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Deal <laughs> with it. If it's on Disney Plus, that's Disney canon enough for us. That's the yes. way we're going. All right, in that case, ding, 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 let's get started with our first question of the day, which is, which movie has the deeper bench when it comes to supporting players, Rookie of the Year or Angels in the Outfield? Brandon, you want to get us started with Rookie in the Year? All right, so let's start with Gary Busey. I mean, come at me. I will. There is not a person alive who would have played a better Chet Stedman. Albert Hall from a couple classic movies, Apocalypse Now and Malcolm X. He did some great TV work. He plays the manager. Uh, Daniel Stern. We know him as Marv from Home Alone 1 and 2. (laughs) Goodness gracious, he's amazing. And last but not least, this movie, ladies and gentlemen, John Candy is in it. He plays the stadium announcer. He's a heavyweight, both physically and... Let's try to punch uh, above the belt, all right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he 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 is a heavyweight in every sense of the word so uh, those are my four big uh heavyweights in the here's in my promise movie. i promise not to make fun of a comedic legend who's <laughs> passed and gone from us rest in peace john Kennedy. all right here's uh, here's my bench for angels in the outfield first of all you've got joseph gordon levitt and the little kid in rookie of the year whose name i can't remember is essentially the poor man's joseph gordon levitt that kid is bringing his a game he's going for his oscar incredible little actor you got Matthew McConaughey before he was all right, all right, all right. He was spectacular, spectacular, spectacular in this movie. You got Christopher Lloyd, who's kind of creepy and mystical, but that's the way I imagine angels, so I'm into it. Adrian Brody, Taylor Negron, Tony Danza, Danny Glover. All sorts of amazing actors in this movie. And a cute little kid named JP who makes me cry every time he's on screen. I really don't know what more you can ask. It's stacked with a deep bench. At least nine memorable actors as opposed to Brandon's movie, which, you know, we were scraping the barrel to get three or four names. Just saying. All right. (laughs) 
Let's Here's play ball. Deal. We're ready to fight. We're ready to go. Before we start, I just want to say, Hammerling for Mitchell, go back to Cincinnati, Brandon. All right, now we can fight. <laughs> that is the closest Cincinnati Reds will ever come to having a baseball movie. <laughs> That's probably true. Danny Glover's appearance in this. Let's let's talk about Angels in the Outfield cast a little let's bit. Let's talk. We've got baby Gordon Levitt. He's what, six years old in this? He is... Underworld? barely alive at this point no no titles to his name danny glover he'd been around the block tony danza washed up okay washed up matthew mcconaughey same way baby mcconaughey in this movie uh christopher lloyd is a wacko i gotta stop you hold on why does being young disqualify these guys in any way oh they're young (laughs) i'm saying okay let's let's go across the street to rookie of the year (laughs) in this we know john candy had been in some spectacular roles by this point that was a get for rookie of the year that was absolutely a get you have no one that can compete with john candy in in rookie of the year i will no absolutely one. concede no one can compete with john candy Thank I'll, you. I'll give that one to you but gary Busey, brandon gary Busey, <laughs> gary mother love hot rod Busey. don't try it and not to mention, uh, Daniel Stern, if you look him up today, he looks like Count Olaf. Yeah, he terrifies he's me. He's a ridiculous he's a old coot. I'm not a fan of him in life or him and what he's doing in this movie. But in Rookie of the Year, hilarious. <gasps> Brigma, he is a he's he's funny. He's really funny. <laughs> I literally in this. had Brickma written and then I changed it to Brickman because I thought his name can't be Brickma. <laughs> There's no way. I will say the let the big dog eat line is great. So good. That cracked me up. Oh, when he's uh, tossing his sunflower seeds in and then hits one in the back of his throat. Yeah. When he gets locked in the seed cage during the big game at the end. I thought, finally, this is where he belongs. (laughs) I've been (laughs) waiting for him to be locked up. No, 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 no. Uh, He's got the sideburns of a washed up Elvis impersonator. I don't don't trust him. He does that. A little icing on the cake. Uh, I was just like waiting to find out he had like shock treatment in the 60s. He he unsettled me. And when he's wearing that blue tux, I'm like, why would anyone trust him to chaperone children? You know what's funny is I think they do imply brain damage because I, he's like, I beamed him in the minors. The coach was like, I beamed him in the minors and he's been following me yeah, around hilarious. ever since. That I feel like they're implying like a little brain damage there. There's some insinuation oh, gosh, happening. Oh, gosh. I will say like Thomas Ian Nicholas, poor man's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's the star of your movie. They're kind of similar to me a little bit. Right? Like, they both have brown hair. They both have squeaky voices. Yeah. And, and this guy went on to do nothing after this. So, I mean... You got to give me that one. That, notice yeah, I didn't bring him up. Your lead actors are... They went on to do more things. This guy, I don't even know his real name, uh, Henry Rodengardner, <laughs> has, do, has done nothing. I think he was in maybe like an American Pie or... He was an American um, Pie. Can't hardly So, he was wait in a filthy something. movie for degenerates. That's another point for me. There he, there you uh, go. Gary Busey in this movie, I only got to rewatch half of it before we started. Mm. He is the king of grunts. Ga- Gary Busey, th- this is the one guy that I will stand behind till I die. No, 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 year. no, no. At one point he asked, are you speaking English? And I thought, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Gary Busey's awesome. Oh, man. Awesome. All right. For a closing thought, I'll just keep going down my list. Danny Glover, this is easily the mm. best for me. He has ever been. He's bringing all the gruffness from Lethal Weapon. That one more lost speech is so funny to me. When he says that little Joseph Warren Lovett is a crazy person, I'm like, who talks that way to a kid? Danny Glover does, and he gets to because he's Danny Glover. So I just feel like it's stacked. I mean, like I mentioned, JP, adorable. There's no moment as heartwarming and touching as Joseph Gordon Lovett, like 
praying and like asking for a family. Mm. I feel like there's lots of great acting moments. And Christopher Lloyd, again, really underrated comedic talent. He's my dude. Great, great, great bench of supporting players in this movie. All right. Just real quick. John Candy is who I'm going to. He is my alpha and omega <laughs> in, in Rookie of the Year. He is who I'm hanging my hat on. He was an absolute get for this movie. And if you stack both casts up next to each other, he's the biggest name. He was a huge get for this. So I think that in turn gives me the win here. All right. That was a good one. I appreciated that. Uh, Nice little debate between me and Brandon there. Now it's up to you listening at home. Who did you think brought the heat? Brought the, what's he said, the stinky cheese? Hot melted cheddar? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you have to let us know with your votes. But in the meantime, <laughs> on to question two. Ding, ding, ding. Which for this round is... <clears throat> Pitcher's Got a Big Butt is an iconic trash-talking scene. What's the best insult from a Disney movie? And should I start this time since you started last time? Or do you want to just keep... Absolutely. T- take it away. All right. Here we go. My pick is an iconic Disney line. You all know it. You all love it. You're a sad, strange little man. From Buzz Lightyear to... Woody, the cowboy. Uh, It is an absolutely devastating burn. First of all, let's break it down into three parts. Sad. Woody is sad. It's true. He is sad. He's being replaced. He's lost relevance. Strange? Yeah, he's strange. He's a cowboy in a space-age world. Little? Woody can't compete with Buzz. He's half the man Buzz is. Buzz has lasers on his arms. He can salsa dance. Buzz can surf on a hot wheel. How could Woody compete with that? You can't. He's just a sad, strange little man. And that's my favorite Disney insult. All right, so my favorite disney insult remember fox movies are now disney movies people so i'm gonna go with the sandlot and i need a little disclaimer i'd condemn the degradation of girls in Uh this movie i am a father of daughters and i used to be a softball coach but let me tell you every boy in america when they heard you play ball like a girl that was a knife to the heart everyone felt that that was in this era the pinnacle of sports related burns all right, my insult isn't built on <laughs> the bedrock Just of sexism. <laughs> my insult is devastating to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> not, not just boys insecure about their boyhood. So we uh, want to just wrap this up in a little bow and give it to me now. Okay. So here's here's the deal. I think yes. I think this would definitely be a problem area uh, then, now, always, but. Boys on the baseball field, I heard this no less than a hundred times growing up. Not aimed at myself, of course, because I had a rocket arm in Little League. But <laughs> but this, if this was ever said to someone, it is it plays the same way it plays in Sandlot. It just takes your legs out from under you. Like it is the king of insults in Little League baseball with all your friends around. I will give you, yeah. When I used to play baseball as a kid, one of our coaches would always say, Bring it in, ladies. And I was like, oh, boy, I better run faster. <laughs> <laughs> that was really mean, coach. I felt yeah. that. You just said that? I felt it. I felt it. it. I felt it uh, hard. <laughs> but guess what? I'm not nine years old anymore. I'm an adult. <laughs> and true. If someone came true. up to me and said, you are a sad little man, I would think about that for weeks after. <laughs> How dare you call me a little man? I think if I was an adult and someone said, you're a sad little man, yes. I think as a kid, though, and I think we've got to take this back to kids. This is all about being a kid. These are kid movies. We're talking about kid stuff. Like sexism. There was nothing worse. There <laughs> there was nothing worse than being told you threw like a girl on the baseball diamond. Unless I mean, it was, you were a girl. It was a, it was a death sentence. <laughs> it was a death sentence. 
Now, like I said, <laughs> I went on to coach softball. There are girls who throw better than many of the guys I played oh, with. for sure. So I'm all about softball and female sports. I'm just saying to a nine-year-old boy, this was killer. It was killer. Here's my thing. The best insults are laced with truth. That's like why when a kid insults you, it stings so badly because they don't, they're not lying. Like they're just being mean and kids know how to get you. When Buzz says Woody is, you know, a sad, strange little man. I'm like, yeah. In the first Toy Story, Woody actually is a sad, strange little man. He's like a little Machiavelli trying to like control all the other toys and he needs to be called on it. So I feel like in the context of the movie, Buzz is laying down an absolute pile driver on Woody because Woody has been behaving like a monster and needed to be called on it. I think you're giving it a little too much credit. <laughs> I think you're a sad, strange little man was said in the heat of a sporadic like tirade from Woody. I think it was just kind of like, you're a sad, strange little man. Comes the truth, Brandon. First thought, best thought. This was the cherry on top of the insult masterpiece ice cream sundae that Ham built during that scene. You play ball like a girl (laughs) is is the pinnacle of that whole thing. The ice cream sundae that Ham built is the best sentence that will ever be said on this podcast. That's a mic drop moment. That's a Mickey Mouse mic drop. Well done, Brandon. Well done. I mean, I I, I don't even think I should say anything else. You bring out the worst of me. I hate what I have to do to... (laughs) (laughs) The things I have to say. Goodness. That was good. That was good. (laughs) All right. Question three. We call this segment Armchair Imagineer. And here's our question. It seems far-fetched that God will help some sports teams cheat as long as there isn't a championship game going on. Couldn't these angels be put to better use like, I don't know, ending world hunger? So here's what we're going to do for this question. We're each going to pitch a new movie featuring angels helping people fix their problems, just like in Angels of the Outfield. The title of our new movie must be called angels in the blank and feature arbitrary rules for when and where the angels can get involved in human affairs brandon i started last time you pitch yours first angels in the blank let us have it so my movie is called angels in the wild and i would like you to think of this as the heavenly chapter of PETA. Uh these angels are always on the lookout for the mistreatment of animals. Uh, you may find them roaming the savanna in Africa or in a back alley in New York City, keeping an eye on a stray dog or two. Uh, they were most notably involved in the uh, incarceration of Joe Exotic from the Netflix documentary wait, Tiger King. Wait a second. Now I see what you're doing. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I did it. All right. Congratulations. Sorry. Did you want to continue? <laughs> No, that is, that is my opening. Did you pick this just so you could tie in at one point in the arms of the angels by Sarah McLaughlin? Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the truth and shame the devil. Uh, no, shirt. that would be, that would be uh, a, a, as I like to say, a cherry on top. <laughs> a cherry on top of the Sunday built by ham. All right. It's, it's going to be tough to compete with this. <laughs> Mine's all is similar in title, but could not be more different in what it's going to do. Close your eyes, everyone. Let's take a journey back to the early 90s when dinosaurs roamed the earth. That's right. This movie is Angels in the Lost World. The Lost World, folks, is one of my favorite sequels to any movies ever. I love Jurassic Park, but could it have delivered a little bit more? Yeah, maybe. How could it be better? Angels. I want to see 
a giant Richard Schiff fighting two T-Rexes. That's what this movie could offer you. That's all I need to say. Giant Richard Schiff, two T-Rexes. I rest my case. So it's funny you say that because the first thing that came to my mind was poor Richard Schiff. <laughs> I mean, good goodness gracious, poor Richard Not Schiff in this movie. could have used a little angelic assistance. God's going to save him. That's right. I want him to get build up to like a giant oh, poor uh, Ant-Man and push those T-Rexes off the cliff. <laughs> And tell me you don't want well, to see that. America wants to see that. That sounds amusing, but I think the angels, I think the point here, the angels need to be doing good. And what better way to spend their divine capital than helping some animals that need a little need a little help, need a little assistance. Hold on a second. You said helping Joe Exotic, and there's nothing good about that, all right? Let's say what we're saying here, okay? Let's say what we're saying. All right. I was just I was just playing to my <laughs> playing to your base. <laughs> Yeah, I was just playing to my quarantine crowd right here, but I think I think the main thing to focus on is what their role would be, not necessarily Joe Exotic. Don't don't focus on that. Isn't Peter the organization that puts up billboards of like carcasses and like half naked Paris Hilton with like chickens? They have some very provocative ads. Absolutely, these are the people that God is going to lend His divine assistance to in a crusade. I I think think we need to again. I think we're getting hung up on the minutia here. We need to focus on (laughs) the big picture. What they, yeah, big picture. What are they trying to do? They are trying to help animals. I don't know. Um, Greenpeace, would that be better? I, yeah, maybe. Honestly, PETA's, inter- PETA's interchangeable here. We can, <laughs> I could take or leave PETA. I love it. Where my movie is the opposite, it is about yeah. destroying animals that God wanted to be destroyed. This is a holy mission. Uh, if you think of that first movie where it's like man's gone too far, uh, that makes perfect sense. Lost world, it's time for the angels to come in and fix it and restore paradise on earth by killing T-Rexes. This would be like this the second ice age, right? The the one the thing that took him out the first time. This is like the second coming. Yes, the first time it was a meteor. The second time it was a family movie where angels run around to Benny Hill music <laughs> and take out T Rexes. Also, in my lost world, Richard Attenborough, who is John Hammond, uh, I want him to die in between the first movie and the second movie so he can play the head angel. He's the Christopher Lloyd mm. in this. So he would show up and maybe have a conversation with Jeff Goldblum and explain the rules that, hey, you know, when the dinosaurs make it to San Diego, they can't help because... Almost like a Ben Kenobi in the in Star oh, Wars, right? heck yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're welcome for yes. that. Yes. <laughs> Use the dot gun, Jeff. <laughs> Use the dot gun. Shoot her, Jeff. <laughs> What he would never say in the first one. Fantastic idea, Mitch. I mean, yours is 100% entertainment. Mine is 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 here to solve a problem and do some good. So, you be the you be the judge. You be the judge. In the arms of the angels. <laughs> you be the judge, folks. That was a great. Song. That's a great Fantastic idea. Fantastic song. All righty. Well, hey, that's going to do it for question three. We've had a good discussion now on uh, Angels in the Outfield and Rookie of the Year. So now we're going to do something a little bit different and just compare the two movies, open it up so we can talk about them because we love them so, so much. So it would be cruel and unusual, I think, to not get to just freely discuss these wonderful movies. So, Brendan, how would you compare Angels in the Outfield to Rookie of the Year? You know, first of all, let me say I'm so glad you're doing this because there are so many things that just get missed in the debate style mm. discussion yeah. and I think this is a great opportunity to really kind of nerd out on some of my favorite movies of all time I mean kids baseball movies I grew up on these movies 
Um, Angels in the Outfield is my favorite of the two. I'm not going to bury the lead there. It's definitely <laughs> the one that I grew up with more. Rookie of the Year came a little later. I think yeah. it's hilarious. It's definitely one of my favorites now. But these movies are very special to me. And I think that was evident, you know, in, in our discussion earlier. Yeah, it's true. Like, I find myself warping my beliefs a little bit in the debate. I'm like, Brigma's the worst thing to ever happen to movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, he's pretty funny. <laughs> it's uh, all right. <laughs> I actually put in my notes, Brigma more please yes and he's got like (laughs) he's got like the tobacco juice dripped all over the front of his jersey i mean he is like in the most basic form a cartoon character like all the bad cliches about like a old gruff baseball tobacco spitting coach he's a cartoon character yeah i feel like i just like chet stedman more though like he's kind of the gruff cool baseball player where brickma like is an alien from another planet that they (laughs) put into this movie i think i think gruff's the wrong word i think i was just like some of the stereotypes of like a baseball player i think he embodies some of that but yeah gary Busey as the rocket magical yeah <laughs> the last time i watched it i was shocked i'm like they're really gonna make him the romantic lead they're really gonna make <sighs> him the romantic lead of this movie but as i rewatched it he does kind of busey's got like that magnum pi thing going on like that raw I, animal busey i don't know when, when he <laughs> walks out on the field and like Henry and his two friends are running around and he meets Henry's mom for the first time and he goes, Henry must have one great mom. And that was like super cringy for me. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. It was he knew super, what he was doing. I was like, that did not land well. What is wrong with oh, you? Oh, for many women in America, I think that landed just, just right. No, it did not. Oh my gosh. I, like my familiarity with the abuse man is really from Celebrity Apprentice backwards and then I watched him in Rookie of the Year. So I'm used to him as a cartoon character. Yeah. So seeing him as like, whoa, man, he gets to talk to Chet Stedman. What a lucky guy. Like, wow, they really have gone all in on Busey. So you got Busey in Rookie of the Year and you've got Tony Danza in Angels of the Outfield. It's like they both kind of play like the old veteran. Past their prime. On their way out. You know, their sunset years washed up, trying Mm -hmm. to hang on. Very much in spirit with the natural. Like, yeah, the comeback kid. Yes. Yeah. I think personally, Tony Danza embodies that role more than Chet Stedman. Interesting. I just don't think there's enough Danza in the movie for me to. That's though, fair. There, there isn't that much Busey either. They're in the background. There's definitely more Busey than Danza. That's true. Yeah. But Mel Clark really like touches me in a way that Busey obviously doesn't. It's like this message of like seeing the value in people who you'd write off. That's very moving to me. Yeah. Especially his relationship with Knox. Yeah, I kind of wished when I watched it that there was like an explicit apology from Knox because he's so cruel to him in the opening. He is heartless. And then next thing I know, Mel Clark is vouching for him at the press conference. And I was like, whoa. So Mm -hmm. he let you pitch once or twice. I don't know how many times in there he pitched. And now he's your best friend. Like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, it's it's hard to know with the spinning newspaper montage of them winning games. (laughs) how many games are in there yeah yeah but i i got a little like tripped up on that also i was like whoa i mean yeah he let you play again you're also under contract but he said some pretty heartless things to you what seemed like 15 minutes ago so (laughs) it just didn't quite translate like i ruined your career on purpose with malice 
Like, I yeah. didn't care what happened to you. That really took me back this time. It made it hard for me to forgive Knox in some ways. Because mm. I feel like Knox is the protagonist, more or less, sure. of yes. that movie. It's he not has so the best much about arc. the kids. No, yes. it's not. Yeah. I think Roger is pretty one note. JP mm-hmm. embodies optimism and joy. Yeah. Knox has the best character arc. And let me tell you, the way he starts out, first of all, I love it. Like his performance, yes. great. And just the like flying off the handle in the locker mm-hmm. room. I mean, like these are the kind of coaches I grew up with in Little League like this. So I think you're remembering that through child nope. eyes. There's no, yeah. no, no, way. They, they definitely were. Mounds, a grown man was throwing mouths, baseball bats at children. <laughs> I'm telling you, they no, they didn't throw bats at us, but like mouths filthier than George Knox and oh, just yeah. like really rough and like trial by fire. Like I vibe with a gruff baseball coach. So yeah, I'm totally locked in. He's compelling. He gets me like going in that first few minutes of the game. Good night. When he says, maybe you shouldn't swear so much. Danny Glover's face. Just watch it. It's priceless. The slow pan on it. Oh. And then the guy goes, oh, that eliminates all speech for most of the team. That's a classic kid movie zinger that went over my head. Oh, for sure. He kind of says it fast and mumbles a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, only like past handful of years did I actually know what he was saying there. Yeah, and I like his arc, too, because, granted, his career has never been worse. He's got a team that's rough. But he still is risking things. Like, I was really struck by, at the end of the movie, when the owner's like, I'm going to ruin your career if you continue on this path. Yeah. So for him to make the choices he makes, substituting his worst hitter for his best hitter in the Mm -hmm. middle of a game, that's a leap of faith that I think is compelling to see. That's a cool message. That's really, like, the central message of that movie over and over again. I love when he's working it out in his head. Like, what? What's the worst thing that could happen? Fall yeah, out of last, mean, last place. place. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I, and I think like it is important. He was a star player in Cincinnati in the early to mid 70s, which w- that's when they were a powerhouse team. You know, he coached in Cincinnati, had a fantastic coaching career. He was a quality baseball player and he was a quality coach. And somewhere along the lines, he lost his way. We don't know why he left Cincinnati. We don't know why he got fired or however he left. Was it on yeah. good terms or not? But we don't know the circumstances of why he's in Anaheim now, but I do like that it points to this is how far he slipped. Yeah. He doesn't care anymore. There really is so much rich backstory. Even the beef he has with Ranch Wilder, yeah. who I didn't realize until this last viewing, also used to be a player, did a dirty move in the game, uh-huh. slid with his cleats up, and took Knox out and ruined Knox's career. Right. That made so much more clear. Why would a manager punch out a, a press guy? There's bad blood there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's bad blood, but it's bad blood to the extent of you ruined my life like i was at the peak of my career so i can't believe you did that to me yeah that hit me speaking of can we just talk ranch for a bit here because man i'm super bummed that i didn't hit you more with like john candy is hardly used in rookie (laughs) of the year he's barely in it but ranch gets to shine this is not baseball this is not baseball so so good yeah, I'm just picturing Ranch, though, up in the press box with his binoculars pointed down at the stands, licking his chops, seeing all the <laughs> female fans jumping around. It's just oh, uh, yeah. A little icky for me. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Ooh. I think John Candy carries, like, a good amount of heft. He has no, like, depth to the character, though. There you go with that language though. again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It just, just rolls out. I think, uh, I think he's just pure comedy relief, and Ranch, there is more of a uh, full, fleshed-out character there yeah um 
so Grinch I, yeah. is a villain to me for sure. You know, he's sure. he like he doesn't want them thing. to win. He clearly no, no, doesn't no, no, want no. them to win. Mel Clark pitches a miraculous pitch, and the first thing you will commit that to memory, Wally, is yeah. never going to happen again. I'm like, come on, man, have fun. How, Everyone's how so old, happy. Uh, how old noodle arm pull that off is what he says right away. Yes, yeah. yes, he does. Are the Angels on a winning streak or were those last few games nothing more than a few blips on the screen of a terminally <laughs> ill patient? Oh, uh, you see the color announcer next to him, like, smile and shake his head. Like, where does he come up with this stuff? <laughs> like, it is good. Is, it's impressive. I, we it, could both learn things from Ranch <laughs> as podcast hosts. <laughs> as far as, like, descript, yeah, using descriptors and, like, I think it is pretty well worded, but good night. It's a little hyperbolic, if you ask me. Yeah, Coming from someone sure. who loves a good use of hyperbole. But then he's established as the villain so well when he makes a really reasonable question at that press conference. and says, yeah. George... Does this really mean you think you see angels at your baseball games? I, no I one do like wants that. to acknowledge how legitimate that question is. I do like it is a basic question. He wasn't playing dirty. It was the most no. basic question. Yeah. And let's point out the fact that, George, you didn't answer the question, really. Mm-mm. You deflected. And Maggie saves George's butt. Big yeah, time. she does. Maggie is a superstar in this movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love her. But oh, his yeah. decisions affect the jobs of many, many people in their lives. Livelihoods. Yeah. So, like, it reminded me of like that scene in the Santa Claus when the kid spills the beans. He's like, "I told him everything." Like, as a kid, I was devastated, but now I'm like, "Yeah, your father thinks he's Santa Claus." Like in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm concerned uh, if you're making decisions based on what a child says. It's very reasonable for him to be called out. So I applaud Ranch. God bless you, Ranch Wilder. Yeah, and I think personally, like if I were answering that question, if angels are helping us, I welcome that. I absolutely will not be turning that away. So if they are, great. I think where the problem comes in is, okay, but are you making decisions for the team based on the premise that angels are helping you win games? I think that is a conundrum. Who's the pitcher? Whit Bass. He's like, so think about, good. Think, think Whip. about Whip. Think about Whip Bass. Another <laughs> like, cartoon he's, character. He's benched for the entire season because yeah. the little boy thinks he's seeing angels. You know, he thinks he sees <laughs> Chris Lloyd in his uh, diet Pepsi. So I love Whip Bass. In, I'm not like, convinced just... he can read. <laughs> like that guy, <laughs> it's a lewd. <laughs> oh my gosh! And this movie has great, great light moments. But I was actually taking like some time to focus on. Some of the things that it deals with, and like for a kid's oh, movie, yeah. deals with death. The boy's mother died. It deals mm-hmm. with abandonment. You know, his father does not want him or can't care for him. It deals with, you know, foster system and being put in like uh, the system. And it also deals a lot with like faith, belief systems, trust, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and are you able to ever trust again? And mm. what, you know, the things you put your faith in. I think like Rookie of the Year is a great movie. I love it. And it, it deals with like, you know, some divorce, stepdads. I don't want to take away from any of that. But like the main thing with Rookie of the Year is, you know, my life's so hard because I'm a kid playing professional baseball and I just want to do kid stuff. And it feels a bit ridiculous. Yeah. What's the chubby friend's name? Remind me. Is it George, George. or George? Yeah, yeah, the kid who screams every line. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like George though. That, I like him too, but that scene where he's like, "Why is where's Henry? Why isn't he helping us with the boat?" I'm like, "He's playing professional baseball, you jerk! You right. can't be happy for your friend." Uh, I just think like if if a kid were to make a professional baseball team, I'd be like, "Hey, let's not act like your life's so hard because that's pretty yeah. great." 
Yeah, you I know? know. I don't know. There was even a moment, like, I, I think that Jack is stealing from them, but the mom is like, you know, cook of the books at the end of the movie, and that struck me as odd. I'm like, your son is a professional baseball player right now. Don't you have a surplus of income? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Not that it matters. <laughs> this stuff doesn't matter. It's a movie where a guy beans it from <laughs> the bleachers to home plate, and the ball never goes down, so whatever. Oh, that's a great... I love the guy. Oh, I can't remember what he says, but it was the guy who threw the ball, and he didn't even make it out of the stands. Like, the older yeah. boat behind him you trying to show me up kid something like that (laughs) well you couldn't even get him back on the field anyone could have shown you yeah (laughs) let's 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 be reasonable here my man yeah yeah two good movies all right well that's gonna do it for our episode on angels in the outfield versus rookie of the year thanks for listening and now you get to decide who wins the big game if you want to vote on who had the better arguments join us in the real lounge that's our private facebook group for the super fans but you can also check us out on our main facebook page or our website at real boys podcasts that's real r-e-e-l boys podcasts and don't forget to leave a rating and review and if you're a big disney fan let us know what you thought of the episode what movies and TV shows do you want to hear us talk about in the future? And in closing, always remember, you've got a friend in me. See you real soon.